welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. We're joined by Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Hey, guys. So this is one of our retro episodes where we talk about an older film, and it's Valentine's Day, so it's the perfect time to talk about a serial killer movie. <laughs> and Garrett is going to tell us about Valentine. So, Valentine. All right, I'm going to keep this synopsis serious just because this is someone's art, so we'll let them have their art. But it, it's a uh, slasher that it, it takes place in the time that the movie comes out in the early 2000s where it's got these four, I believe, young women who are dating, seeking love, and in kind of in the middle of their quest and their fail, uh, they have this entity that starts kind of picking them off one by one. And the movie opens up with kind of a flashback. I'm guessing it was the 80s, might have been early 90s. It was 13 years prior. So, like, it would have been, I guess, 1988. Yeah. 1980. Oh, yeah, 1988. So, it kind of had an 80s feel to it. To a homecoming dance or a prom, I couldn't tell what it was. But, and essentially, uh, there's this young kind of nerdy guy who wasn't really getting much action at the dance. And they kind of... He finds a girl that's interested in him and they just mercilessly bully him to the point where they kind of strip him naked. And uh, he has this nosebleed at the end, which once he starts picking everyone off, it's kind of the tell, the the nosebleed. But it's kind of like this villain origin story. And so now that we're in present time and the friends are kind of dying one by one, they're trying to figure out, oh, did this guy come back into our lives and are we all in danger? And that is Valentine. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a whodunit slasher, kind of like Scream. And obviously this was probably inspired in part by Scream. But unlike Scream, I mean, the whodunit isn't very interesting and or nor surprising. And it doesn't have the humor. This movie takes itself, I think we were just talking before the podcast, it takes itself seriously, but maybe shouldn't. Because I think there was opportunity here to make a, a a movie that had some humor and maybe poked fun at these kind of holiday themed slashers. Um, but this one just, yeah, it doesn't fail. It fails to do that. And, you know, I, there's kind of a whole subgenre of holiday slashers and I, I kind of enjoy them in general. And it's always fun if there's a good one, because then when the holiday comes around, you can rewatch it. Um, Halloween, of course, and then for Christmas, there's Black Christmas, but there's several for Christmas. Um, but for here, I won't be watching this one again for Valentine's Day anytime soon. There are, there are, there's actually a better Valentine's Day slasher movie than this one. So we talked about that last year. Yeah, we did. Um, so yeah, there's not much to recommend this one for me. I found the, the, the characters were, not very interesting. Um, so, in fact, they were not likable. You were kind of... There's part of me that was kind of on the side of the killer, in a way, <laughs> because they had treated him so poorly, um, even though, you know, I don't think they deserve death for it. But it's it was just hard to get on their side. And, and really, yeah, nothing really drew me to their side throughout the course of the movie. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. So I'm right down the middle on this movie, um, and, and I've been that way now, I've watched it twice, and 
it is, I mean, I, my knee jerk thing is to say, oh, this is kind of bad, but I, I pull myself back because it's, it is, it is a perfectly serviceable film. I mean, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, for, it's an early, it's a 2001 movie. It has that, it has, we're far enough away from that time period where movies have a certain look that came out in that era. And this has that look. Um, it is, you know, competently made. Uh, I guess the acting's decent. I mean, you have Denise Richards, who this is just three years after she was like in Wild Things, um, and two years after she was in a Bond Girl. Uh, you've got David Boreanaz, who you know he was in like I think he was in Buffy, right? Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show, and then uh, went in later on to be in Bones. You got Catherine Heigl, who this is not too long before she started in Grey's Anatomy. So you've got some some good acting talent here. It's just kind of bland, the movie. It, it, it needs a little bit of an oomph to the pacing. The last 20 minutes, and we won't spoil it right now, although maybe a little bit later in the episode we'll kind of maybe talk a little bit more spoilery stuff, but it, it, the last 20 minutes, I mean, I remember, like, stuff really kicks off and, like, happens, like, pretty rapid fire, and I'm like, wow, like, if the rest of the movie had had a little bit more of this, then I maybe would have thought a little bit more about it. It also... You know, Garrett kind of referenced earlier this, you know, these, these four or five, however many women there are, they're kind of like looking to do this, you know, they're, they're on the dating scene. And there's at least two segments in this movie where women are like speed dating. So it is almost like a late nineties, early aughts style rom-com in a way. It has that feel to it almost a little too long. Like there's almost, there's some scenes that just focus on, these girlfriends chatting about their love lives for a little too long. Cause it, 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 it needs to be, it, I feel like every now and then it kind of has to remind itself like, Oh, Oh yeah, I'm a slasher movie. I'm a horror movie. I need to like get back and start doing some of that. And then it does. And then it's just like, oh, I don't know though. Let's talk a little bit more about the love lives of our, and I'm like, Oh, it's just, uh. but like I said, the last 20 minutes pick things up. It's not enough though. Um, for it. For, for it to completely save itself. So, <laughs> this is by no means a, a good movie. Like, you're not going into this, like, high cinema or, you know, nowadays we have elevated horror so we can, uh, you know, try to be a little more hoity-toity about. <laughs> but I will say, this movie is fun. So, I have this this small little part of me that I love movies that are just unapologetically of their time. And you can watch this, and you are directly transported to 2001. Uh, now, granted, that was when I was in high school, so this would have been my formative years. Now, I didn't actually watch this when it came out, which is odd. Being a horror movie fan in high school, I, I was probably was slightly too young to go to the theaters to see it. But anyway, I, that, it's like that ever stopped me as a teenager anyway. But... I mean, you mentioned, he got Denise Richards, where it's like, oh, what a flash. And then the movie opens up with Katherine Heigl. And if this movie came out nowadays, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's the star. Because she would be the biggest star of this movie today. Does it open up with her? Yeah, because it's got kind of that scream-like. Uh, oh, she's the one in the morgue? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. In her tank, uh, in her tank top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, the, then the music I heard in this... Uh, so I heard Disturbed, I heard Linkin Park, I heard Filter. It was exactly the music I was listening to in high school. So 
I'm watching this movie and I'm like, man, this movie sucks. Like, there's just just not good. But every little turn, I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that flip phone. Yeah. So, uh, and that was kind of the fun thing about it. Uh, a lot of the horror movies nowadays, like, solve with the phone. And only one person had a cell phone at the time because only rich people at the time had cell phones. So, uh, to me... A lot of that was just kind of nostalgic fun, taking me right back to my high school days. And then as it played out, just the more ridiculous it could be, like the funnier it was to me. So uh, Ashley was talking about movie takes itself too seriously. It does. It would have played off so much better as a horror comedy. But all right. So this is the mask. Like it, it was, I, I, the, I killer, know, the killer's mask. Yeah, the killer's mask. You know they were trying to make like some sort of iconic villain here, and they're giving <laughs> it this baby face mask. And I, in the synopsis, I talked about the origin story. And it's because someone was wearing that stupid mask. It, like who wears a freaking baby mask at prom? I think it was, oh, that's right. It was. It must have been a Valentine's Day dance because it's supposed to be like a cherub. Okay, but why? Yeah. Okay, like, I, like Cupid. Okay. Cupid. Cupid. Yeah. So that, all right, it looked like a baby to me. It does. Cupid is a baby. Yeah. Oh, I, okay, I guess I don't know the mythology enough. Yeah, but it's, when, when Matt said we were going to rewatch this, I was like, oh, that's the one with the baby killer? <laughs> I mean, the baby face killer. Yeah. It just makes it all that more ridiculous. And I was just watching this like, this mask, I just, I can't with this mask. Well, it's a weird thing because so I noticed more rewatching it um, that at the beginning flashback scene at the, I guess, the Valentine's Day dance in middle school or whatever it is, um, that, yeah, the the person who I guess turns out to be the killer isn't actually wearing that mask at the dance. It's just somebody else. Some exactly. Random, so some random person. The origin is just he sees it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So a few things about this, though, that are, are not good. The characters are not likable. I mean, granted, you know, characters in horror movies aren't deep and, and, and there's not usually, they're not necessarily saints per se, but you, you don't necessarily, usually in a horror movie, there's one or two characters they single out where like they, you kind of root for them to like meet their demise. All of the people in this movie though <laughs> are like, okay, as soon as this, as soon as this little baby face can like come around and dispatch them, the sooner the better. Uh, because they're just, awful they're kind of awful people um in, in this movie and it's like oh that's you, that's not good um then the, i also feel like too this movie like i said earlier it's competently made and it looks uh, you know it, it's weird they only made it for like 10 million dollars which may sound like a lot to some people but in movie terms that's a cheaply made movie um but it looks good when you compare it to something that had come, maybe come out like 20 years earlier, like an early 80s slasher movie, those just look cheap. But that's kind of the charm of those movies. Because if you're going to do a movie like a lot of 80s slasher movies are, which not all that great, but they, they serve their purpose and they're cheaply made, you're much more forgiving of it than if you're, you're given something that looks like a movie but ain't very good. <laughs> then you're like, oh, this, yeah, this is not, you know, you, you, I, I find myself a little more judgmental on that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And to go back to, to what Garrett was saying, it's funny that you are perhaps a little more forgiving of this movie for nostalgic reasons. 
Whereas I have absolutely zero nostalgia for 2001. <laughs> yeah, 2001 to me, that, that's 9-11. That's like yesterday. Yeah, or 9-11. Yeah. 9-11, yeah. yeah. It, I, it, it, does not, it does not register with me yet. Maybe someday it will. But this is why I am so forgiving of like 80s, bad 80s horror films, because there is that nostalgia factor that I just enjoy watching them. And um, so, yeah, I'm a, you know... With this one, I don't. I don't have any feelings like that. But I, I can step back and say that there are some genuinely memorable moments in this movie. Um, I'll just say, hot tub scene is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the arrow scene. The arrows in the arrow art gallery. In the art yeah, gallery. Yeah. yeah, the art gallery is cool. So there are some memorable set pieces here that are. Kind what do you of cool. think about the? So you know, this movie is twenty twenty two years old now. Um, it's kind of problematic from this 2023 vantage point, like in the sense that I don't think, you know, Gary, you talked about like sort of a, a slasher villain origin story. I don't think it would fly now because, you know, he, he probably looked at it as maybe like an incel because he's, he, yes, these, these young girls, when we see the flashback at the middle school dance, yes, they are mean to him and that's not cool. That is not cause for you to then go back later, twenty years later, and like murder them. I mean that, and so it's like that. That to me, maybe that flew in two thousand one, but that doesn't fly now. Um, and then the other thing, I was reading about this after rewatching it, and I hadn't even thought about it. But so in the flashback scene of the dance, the girls are rude to him. They're mean to him. They're like, "No, I'm not going to dance with you." And actually, one of them does like, I forget, like she accuses him or something of groping her or whatever. I don't know when when it was. It was consensual. Um, but then these boys come along. Though they're the ones that beat him up. They take his clothes off. They humiliate him. And I was reading, um, after rewatching it, the, like some people online were pointing out, like, you never see him go after the boys, you know, 13 years later. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, what's up with that? And I guess the director or writer or whatever has been, and you know, I guess they address that. They're like, well, it was in the script, but we just didn't film it, or they filmed it and they cut it out. But he, he, before he, before the events of the movie, he went and like dispatched the men. Uh, and I'm like, okay. Um, you, you would have thought they would have mentioned that at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, what I always think would be most problematic today about this is. You were talking about how unlikable the characters are. And the girls are just, they're like supposed to be best friends, but they're all like catty and kind of mm-hmm. backs that. And it, it's just just a very poor portrayal of four young women that are struggling to find love. And then, of course, you mentioned very poor portrayal of a young man who was abused. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I definitely, they could have just made the friends kind of a tight knit group and they probably would have been a lot more likable, mm-hmm. but by the fact that, and, and then of course, I guess that played into the whodunit. Cause by the fact that they don't really like each other that much, they all could be kind of killing each other. <laughs> but what I really wanted to go back to was, um, I'm totally with you guys about eighties horror movies. I feel like the eighties are like the perfect uh, technology and moviegoer demands met each other perfectly there because we were looking for slashers, looking for gore, but we didn't have CGI. And so force these filmmakers to be real creative. And then, yeah, 
Uh, we had some, what, reinvigoration of horror with Scream. But mm-hmm. still, in my teenage years, I didn't watch new horror movies like this. I didn't, because they were like this, they were bad. <laughs> uh, however, uh, going back, I didn't really quite notice. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was a lot of fun. So... When I have my, I just need to go watch a slasher, I will find something from the 80s. But now, since you guys say, hey, let's review this Valentine, I'm like, you know what? I might go back and look at all those movies I passed over just because I'm like, movies nowadays are bad and I'm not going to watch them. I'm going to go back to the 80s. So I just kind of wanted to thank you for saying, like, you know what? I still had a lot of fun watching this bad slasher movie. Uh, even though it's really terrible and ridiculous and... Uh, it's just kind of, it, 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 it's a glorious mess. <laughs> I'm glad you got that out of it. it to, <laughs> to me, it, it's a little too polished for me to, um, forgive it certain things. Um, but I, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you liked it. But, you know, I, I will say something you just touched upon there. I mean, there's this narrative out there now that's kind of just become, you know, a doctrine that, you know, in the early to mid nineties, horror movies were on life support and they weren't good. And then Scream came along in nineteen ninety six, just reinvigorated everything, and then horror movies were good again. And I've been rewatching some late nineties and early two thousands horror movies, and I'm like, mm, you had Scream, and maybe Scream Two and whatever, but and maybe I know what you did last summer, which upon rewatch wasn't as good as I remembered it. I mean, it was okay, but it was... And and then, yeah, you had stuff like The Faculty and Teaching Mrs. Tingle and uh, Urban Legends. Well, keep going. You know, all of a sudden, this decade looks pretty good. <laughs> no, I mean, to me, no. I mean, what I'm saying is, looking back, those were just kind of okay. They were fine. And maybe they were better. I mean, okay, they're better than, like, Halloween 6. Okay, which was like 1995, and they were better than the Nightmare on Elm Street series in the in the early 90s, as it was like sputtering to a close and whatever. Um, but I, I feel like the the narrative of Scream reinvigorating horror movies in the mid to late 90s and afterward is not totally true. That's just I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think it led to a glut of horror movies, but yeah. not necessarily good ones. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to look at a horror movie reinvigoration, a horror movie renaissance, <laughs> as it were, uh, you're looking at the um, like the James Wan um, oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, stuff like the Saw movies, uh, The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I that to me, and then... We're spoiled. Yeah, everything after that. You know, Babadook, uh, it follows... It, that it, we're in, we've been we've been really spoiled in starting about I would say you know like 2010 or 2010 yeah. yeah so that to me is, is the real, true horror renaissance um, not scream even though I'm not uh, scream is good it, 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 as you were you got it you hit the nail on the head actually it it created a glut of horror movies <laughs> but I don't know if it created better horror movies um, so yeah. And now I think we'll we'll get a little bit into spoilery stuff, uh, just in case anybody hasn't seen this. Because I mean, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't seen it until a year ago. Um, it's my first time watching it. Yeah. Um. So the killer turns out to be the boy that was rejected and then bullied 
13 years earlier at the middle school dance. With a twist. There's, well, he changes his name. That's that's the twist you're talking about? Yeah, it's it's like the... I mean, it's the same the, boy. It's the same human being. But it, <laughs> there's a main character you don't know is the boy. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so it turns out to be David Boreanaz. And he is the, the boy that was the bullied. And he's come back. And he's changed his name. He's actually dating or was dating one of the main female characters. Um... But I gotta be honest with you. So, I first watched it a year ago, rewatched it just last week, and it was in preparation for the rewatch. And I started reading some stuff online about it and people's thoughts and stuff. And I realized that people were much more definitive about this ending than I was. And maybe I'm just slow. But the, the way it ends is, um, like I said, the last 20 minutes, I mean, stuff gets real. Okay. And, the 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 baby face killer um uh the, the thing character these these actresses also, they all run together for me but the, the the one of the main female characters she sees the baby face masked baby face person and it looks like they're coming after her and then david boreanaz comes and like shoots them dead and then they take the mask off and it's one of the other female characters and they're like oh okay and then like David Boreanaz, he like holds her tenderly, and then you see he has a nosebleed. Cut to black. Oh, he's the killer. Again, uh, uh, but I mean, for the last year, I was like, was he the killer? Like, what? Well, I don't understand. Like, I guess. Or what about old girl who was in the mask? Why was she in the mask? And then I was rewatching it, and I rewatched it. Before I rewatched it, I read some people's comments about it, and I guess what happened was. He ha- they actually filmed this, but then cut it because they wanted the big reveal at the end. But he had gone up to a girl, like kind of stunned her or something, put her in the baby face mask. And then when she came stumbling out to talk with one of the other, like, you, you just thought it was, thought it was the killer. And then David Brianna shot her before, I guess she could say anything. And I'm just like, okay. Sure. It's a, it's still a thing. It's still kind of unclear to me. Yeah, that's kind of how I assumed it went down. Because, it, it, yeah, it is kind of confusing. It, it Certainly, it's not very believable that those events would transpire in that way. Yeah. But, were you, I mean, did you cut, I mean, did you, were you definitive <laughs> on it, Garrett, the first time when you saw it? Like, so, I mean, as a $10 million budget, uh, you can tell they kind of just threw this thing together to see if they can make <laughs> some money off of it. And you throw Denise Richards, she's a, she would have been a draw at the time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I was pretty definitive. Now, granted, it, it's really lame, isn't it? Like, the, the tell is a nosebleed, like, Everyone's gotten a nosebleed. Like, <laughs> so it, it's like the fact that that's the thing, like he, he, he could have just gotten attacked because it's going on all around here in this yeah. movie. But um, no, when I saw it, I was like, I saw the nosebleed. I'm like, oh, you, you did have a twist. Good for you, movie. <laughs> but it was still like, well, I didn't care about that guy. I didn't care if he was or wasn't the killer. Mm-hmm. So it didn't mean much to me that. Yes, I did think it was definitive, but I just didn't care. Yeah. I kept thinking, particularly on this rewatch, it's like, even if he's not the killer, he is very creepy. Particularly in that in those last scenes in the in the mansion. 
Mm-hmm. He's very creepy. And the fact that she was just, and creepy with her, and the fact that she was being all consoled by him at the end, I thought that's kind of weird. I, you know, this movie, like I said, I didn't even see it till a year ago, so it flew under my radar back then. I, I don't remember what the reaction was like to it. But again, I do feel like maybe that's a difference between 2001 and 2023. I feel maybe in 2001, he didn't come across quite as creepy. I mean, there's been a sea change and, and, you know, this kind of stuff. And so I'm wondering, like, yeah, now we look at it like, well, this dude's creepy. Killer or not, he's creepy. But, like, maybe 22 years ago? Maybe. maybe, maybe they, not so he, much. they introduced him as a recovering something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we later learn alcoholic, but he's just kind of like, no, I went to rehab. I'm doing better now. And Well, that also, you know, and, I'm, of course, examples escape my mind right now. But there are horror movie these kind of tropes where sometimes there'll be in a, in a horror movie, the weird dude, right? <laughs> Who you're like, Oh, this guy, like, yeah, he's the serial killer. And no, you, at some point in the movie, you'll find him. He's been killed by the, by the slasher. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, it wasn't him. Or he will come to the rescue, right? The weird dude who all along looked creepy. And it's like, no, 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 he's actually a hero, <laughs> which again, I don't know if that flies nowadays. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's what they were trying to go for with this. I don't know. <laughs> any any further thoughts, Garrett? No, uh, the movie fails on so many levels. However, I do think you can go back and watch this and have fun watching it if you just kind of like be ridiculous for me, please. Mm-hmm. No, I would I actually would agree, I guess. If you could watch it with a group of people. Yeah. So, like you crumple up some paper, throw it at the screen, everything, do something <laughs> stupid. And, you know. Yeah. So, um, Ashley, what would you give this out of 10? Um, I am going to give it a 4 out of 10. All right, Garrett. So, this is, so I'm the only one that's been positive. And <laughs> before we even started, I, I'm going to give it a 3. I'm oh. lower than Ashley. I can't I'm, believe I'm, it. I'm just too generous. Somehow, <laughs> well, somehow, I am the highest here because I'm a 5. Oh, is this perfectly <laughs> average for you? It, like I said earlier, this is straight down the middle for me. It is not good. But it's competently made and it's entertaining enough, and uh, and it's got good acting. I mean, decent acting, I guess you know. So I mean, it's no look, man. I have seen some awful bad movies. <laughs> this is this is not in that category. It's just not a great horror film, and, and it could be could be a lot better in certain ways. Yeah, straight down the middle for me. It's a five. So that means our score is a four, and uh, that is um, Valentine. So thank you all for listening. Garrett, thanks for joining us. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day.